Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. First Republic, PacWest, Silicon Valley Bank, just a few of the latest casualties in the banking crisis. Don't wait for the email reading, sorry, your account has been frozen. Your accounts aren't safe. Call American Alternative Assets at 866-3USA-GOLD to claim your free gold and silver guide today. Once again, call now, 866-387-2465. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs, and welcome to The Great America Show. Great to have you with us today. We're beginning with the biggest story in America right now, a health crisis for millions of Americans. Many of them are choking on the toxic smoke from those Canadian forest fires, That smoke has settled over the northeast all the way to the Great Lakes and down the eastern seaboard to North Carolina. Over a million health alerts sent out to the elderly and children, anyone with breathing problems, being told to stay indoors as long as air quality levels are this low. It's a true health hazard. And in New York City, the pollutant levels have risen above the September 11th levels. New York City with the worst air pollution in its history and we're told it could last several days. And that is across that entire area that's now affected. All the result of hundreds of wildfires burning across Canada, coast to coast, most of which are still burning out of control across the width of Canada, authorities blaming lightning strikes and carelessness, no mention of arson. And the Gateway Pundit today with a resurfaced document giving us some better insight into why the Attorney General won't relent on the Trump Mar-a-Lago document hoax. A presidential memorandum signed by President Trump dated January 19, 2021. That's the day before President Trump left office. And it is a declassification of top-secret documents. The memo written to declassify all documents regarding crossfire hurricane, that is, the Russian collusion hoax. That was the reference to the operation used by Obama, Biden, the CIA, and DOJ and the FBI to spy on President Trump's campaign. It's unclear whether the memos were part of the documents taken by the FBI when they raided Mar-a-Lago, but it's more than likely, in my opinion. This document resurfacing as just the news reported federal prosecutors have informed President Trump he is now a criminal target and is likely to be indicted imminently in the Jack Smith special counsel Mar-a-Lago case. The Department of Justice is still considering charges as the Trump legal team have accused the Department of Justice of prosecutorial misconduct. That allegation pending in a U.S. District Court in Washington, D.C., James Bosberg, the federal district court judge, the Biden regime, this puppet president, in my opinion, his Justice Department, the FBI, the federal judiciary, are now playing with fire as they persist in obvious, appalling political persecution of President Trump. That political persecution now in its eighth year. And at this very moment, the federal judiciary alone, in my opinion, 
is the only institution that can stop the Marxist Dems from the course that they have chosen and the likely consequence, which would be the destabilization of our society, the collapse of our government. This moment is that serious, and no one should doubt just how serious this crisis of corruption in our government, in our nation, truly is. Joining us now is a man who's been a victim of the corrupt Department of Justice for over a year. He's former special assistant to President Trump, Peter Navarro. Peter, great to have you with us. Let's begin with the politics. With a few Republicans now in the race for the 2024 Republican nomination, let's begin with the Governor DeSantis' extraordinary announcement with Twitter and Elon Musk as the star attraction. Well, first of all, Lou, when, when I heard the news, the first thing that popped into my mind was, was Elon Musk's favorite emoji. I don't know if you know what it is, but it's that steaming pile of you-know-what. Um, and, and, and it seems like, it seems like Twitter now is about as reliable as an Elon Musk Mars rocket. So, you know, schadenfreude, poetic justice, whatever you want to call it. But, uh, you know, the, the thing, um, I wrote, uh, I wrote an article like two weeks ago in the Washington times op-ed and the, uh, the title was what's. What's good for Elon Musk is bad for America. And, and the thesis Whoa. there is simply that um, Musk has moved uh, the bulk of his production to Shanghai. He now is the largest e- electric vehicle factory in the globe, on the globe, stuck in Shanghai. And Xi Jinping, the dictator of communist China, could put him out of business with a stroke of a pen. So since, since he started playing with the CCP, He's been very circumspect about criticizing any man. And I predicted in that article uh, that Musk um, would be a never Trumper and make damn sure because he knows, look, Lou, what's the first thing the, the boss would do if he got elected? He, he, and if I, if I were in the White House in my old job, he'd call me in and say, hey, <laughs> get Elon on the phone. He's, he's bringing those factories back or he's getting lockout tariffs on them. So, so Musk knows that. He's making a business decision with DeSantis, just like Steve Schwartzman of Blackstone on Wall Street, just like the Silicon Valley entrepreneurs are doing. They're they're buying essentially a useful idiot for the Chinese Communist Party, for the the globalist elites who want to ship our jobs away. And what uh, I did another article in The Times, they run once a week. I love The Washington Times. I did one this week, you know, which talks about DeSantis's game plan, right? And the first thing, first thing he's got to do is 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 try to be uh, like MAGA, right? So he's going to steal all of uh, Trump's MAGA slogans. In fact, I don't know if you know this, Lou, but he hired uh, a disgruntled Trump staffer, right? And and the guy is like schooling DeSantis as we speak in trump populism so you're gonna kind of, but MAGA knows i mean MAGA, as i wrote in the, the washington times article you know MAGA knows you can tell a politician by the by the money he takes and the company he keeps and and who look this is funny lou it's like he is backed publicly by the second most hated man in MAGA, next to george uh, soros do you know who that is let me think Rupert Murdoch, Fox oh, I, News, 
New York Post, right? Murdoch comes out and, and you know, it was so much for fair and balanced, Lou. It's like Murdoch comes out and publicly says he's going to use his his media to help elect DeSantis. So MAGA sees that, right? And they're they're just they're just bailing bailing like like crazy from Fox. Uh, going to podcasts like Lou Dobbs, going to Newsmax, Steve Bannon's War Room, Real America's Voice, One uh, America's News Network. And um, DeSantis is not going to be able to sell himself as MAGA. Ain't going to work, right? And, um, yeah, the second thing he's going to do is, is he's going to try to um, – he, he, he already has started this. I had, I had this right from the beginning. He, he, you've got like pollsters, right? Polls, campaign pollsters who kind of work for DeSantis directly or indirectly through the dark money, right? Mm -hmm. Th those polls can't be trusted. You know, the whole the whole pollsters in a campaign are used to, to disseminate things you can spin. So the the first spin he gets out of his mouth is, "Hey, Trump can't win, right? He's losing the battleground states. I can win the battleground states." It's like t utter nonsense. But that's the kind of crap uh, DeSantis is going to do. And, and the other thing I think that's, that's really interesting that's going to get really stick with voters is you've got in Donald Trump, he's, he's a gregarious billionaire with a commoner's touch. And, and people outside of Wall Street and the globalists love the man. They just love him. And you juxtapose that with DeSantis, who we've learned very quickly is a paranoid introvert with a Shakespearean wife who you know fires people like Susie Wiles and 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 keeps people out of DeSantis's ear, very tight circle. You can't you can't be an effective communicator or president that way. So let's see, as the boss says, let's see what happens. Yeah, I originally, um, in my last White House memoir, the uh, Taking Back Trump's America, I, I proposed, you know, just just Trump DeSantis as a ticket, you know, just cut that deal that'll close out the field. And then we don't have to worry about um, all this dark money coming in to try to tear down Trump. But this that, that deal, that's gone. OK, DeSantis has destroyed that with his behavior. And so now. You know, we're we're faced with a, a protracted battle, and, um, and you know, in one scenario, they're going to try to drain um, Trump dry of money and and wound him, and, and and likely there, if they succeed, will be to wound him going into the the runoff um, with whoever the Democrats throw at him, and I I guarantee it won't be Joe Biden because he'll be out by then because because a hunter. Um, but here's a fun scenario for you. It's also quite possible that both the Democrat National Committee and the Republican National Committee will do this. With the DNC, they'll screw Bobby Kennedy, who has a really good chance of beating Biden, particularly if he's allowed to debate him, which they're not going to let him do. And if the RNC which is controlled by a bunch of rhinos with, with it starts with the, the it's Republic Romney's in name only. I think it is, or is it rhinos in name only? If they try to screw Trump, 
and it's an unfair election. You could have a four-way race with Biden, whoever the Republicans wins the primary, and if it's not Trump, and then you have Kennedy and Trump. I call it the uh, the race, which would be more fun than the barrel of Ross Perot monkeys. So there's a lot of stuff going on here, Lou. But look, you and I know there's only one guy, one guy in America who could step in to the Oval Office tomorrow and fix everything, the economy, foreign policy, our policy with China, and everything on down. And um, that's Donald John Trump. And everybody else is going to go through a learning curve on the Republican side, which we can't afford because of the crisis facing us. And on the Dem side, it's like, I, I don't know about you, Lou, but I can't handle four more years of, of this woke zombieism um, that's just destroying everything about this country that you and I cherish. We're talking with Peter Navarro, and we're going to take a quick break. Stay with us through this. I've got another question or two for Peter. We, we'll get to that right after these words from our sponsor, the great Peter Navarro. We continue. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is a warning, my fellow Americans. The news just broke, and it's grim. The banking collapse of 2023 is now more devastating than the banking collapse of 2008. First Republic, PacWest, Silicon Bank, just a few of the latest casualties in this banking crisis. And don't wait for the email reading, quote, sorry, your account has been frozen, end quote. Take action now to protect what we've all worked so hard to build. Believe me, you can protect your wealth by utilizing a straightforward tax loophole that's entirely legal. Call my friends at American Alternative Assets. Ask them for your free wealth protection guide. Call 866-3USA-GOLD. That's right. Call now, 866-386-2465. This invaluable guide will outline the precise steps you need to take immediately to transfer your IRA or 401k into precious metals, all without tax consequence. Call American Alternative Assets at 866-3USA-GOLD to claim your free gold and silver guide today. Once again, call now, 866-387-2465. And we're back with Peter Navarro. And Peter, I just want to say, I I get the feeling that DeSantis is not exactly confident on that stage. He's not exactly sure of the course that he's set for himself. Look, um, he's a dime a dozen 
ideological congressman. You know, the, the 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 Freedom Caucus crowd. I mean, there's some good guys in there, but you also have to remember that was Mick Mulvaney as well. Mick Mulvaney. Uh, he fought everything I tried to help President Trump do, starting with buy American, hire American. When Mulvaney was the OMB director, he fought me tooth and nails on that. He did not want Trump uh, to impose tariffs. Then I had a showdown with Mulvaney. He was an idiot. He didn't want to do the travel ban on China when the pandemic hit. And I see DeSantis as that same kind of narrow ideologue dime a dozen congressman who worked his way up with his hand out. And it's important to remember, Lou, he was at 3% in the polls before Donald Trump endorsed him. And I am so sick of these people who are so ungrateful to Donald Trump when he helps him, when he helps them, all they do is bite the hand uh, that feeds him. He knows nothing next to nothing, zero to nothing about foreign policy. Um, he, with Elon Musk now in his corner, is uh, will certainly not be tough on uh, communist China at a time when we need to completely decouple from them. He folded like a cheap suit on the Ukrainian issue. And when he took what, what looked to be a principled stand, took a little heat and, and wilted in the kitchen. So I'm not I'm not impressed. Well, I, I think you might like one of my tweets from last night. Uh, Mick Mulvaney tweeted this out. He said the Ron DeSantis event has just wrapped. He did 75 plus minutes on pure policy. Now, I thought that was, a, you know, that, there's nothing wrong with that. That for, for Mulvaney. Then, then he wrote his concluding line. Trump could never do that, which motivated me to respond. And this was my response on Twitter. Nearly every policy DeSantis mentioned was authored first by President Trump and amount to nothing more than echoes of Trump's America first and make America great agenda. I'm good with the original. Let me talk a little bit about Mulvaney, because that that dude talk about Judas Iscariot selling your soul for a piece of silver. He that SOB, I, I document this at length in, in my in my Taking Back Trump's America book, where Mulvaney, he's like he worms his way into acting chief of staff. The boss would never make him chief of staff because he always liked to like needle Mick because he knew Mick wasn't up to the job. And Mick, I don't know if you remember this, but he goes out and gives what is certainly the worst press conference as a, 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 of a chief of staff in White House history because it almost got Donald Trump impeached. And it was that just, just god-awful appearance, Lou, that led to his firing. Now, here's the punchline. What I'm telling you about this is like, Trump could have just sent him on his way to go back to money grub and become another lobbyist. But what he did, Lou, he gave the Irishman a nice little ambassadorship in Northern Ireland. And what did that SOB do on January 7th? He re resigned and in protest and he criticized Donald Trump for simply trying to get a legal accounting 
of the vote. And then this is where the Judas part really kicks into high gear. That SOB went and sold himself to CBS for a big contract on the on the presumption that he would be a Trump basher. And that's all Mick does with those fake phony glasses that don't have any correction in them. He gets up there, looks like he's like a scholar and he's a friggin' idiot. And I know he's an idiot because I went head to head with him repeatedly in the White House. Well, I thought that the White House was one just big, happy, homogenous group of, <laughs> uh, of America first loyalists to, to, yeah, to President yeah. Trump. I, yeah. who, who were who were your friends? You know I better than that. Well, that was the Mnuchin, problem. Let me let me just go through the list here. I mean, yeah. Mnuchin. Uh, yeah, Pablo, Steve Mnuchin. What uh, Steve's doing is collecting money from probably the Chinese and certainly the Middle East for selling the president out, and he was against everything Donald Trump stood for. Next one, uh, Kudlow. Kudlow. Kudlow was the second coming of Gary Cohn, the Goldman Sachs, as the National Economic Council, as the director. Kudlow every day, every day got in the way of both Buy American and tough trade policy, particularly on communist China. The only difference between Kudlow and Gary Cohn was that Kudlow used like phony conservative free market arguments, whereas Gary Cohn was just like, he was just, I, I don't know what was in his mind other than making money for Goldman Sachs, even though he didn't, didn't work for him anymore. Anybody else? I, you know, I can go on and on with these people. Well, who were some of your favorites then at the White House? This, this, I, I kind well, like of this memory lane two, trip. Yeah, the two guys um, that that uh, served with me, and we were only three who was were with the boss all the way from the 2016 campaign to the end, where it was the Tweetmeister Dan Scavino, who I have just just tremendous respect for. That man, he cares Absolutely. only about Donald Trump and this country. And then Stephen Miller, who um, yeah, he was he was constantly under attack both inside and outside the White House. And there were times he had to keep his head down where I wish he'd kind of got up and taken a shot. But but he is a true believer and he's smart as a whip on policy and he was a good guy. Um, if you look at uh, the um, White House legal counsels, uh, you know, McGahn was a traitor. If you look at the staff secretaries, People don't understand how important staff secretary is. Um, staff secretary touches every document that goes to the president and can and can stop documents from going to the president. You had Orrin Hatch's globalist free market wife beater in Rob Porter, who didn't have a security council. And, and Kelly, the chief of staff, hid that from everybody. Um, and he was constantly causing problems. And, you know, it goes on and on. But but we we were able to succeed in spite of those people, um, not because of them. And, and, you know, Mulvaney was right up there uh, with with the very worst of them. Well, you know, I was thinking of another name, uh, Bob uh, Lighthizer. Uh, he had he played a very important role, didn't he? Yeah, I love Bob. Uh, it was disappointing um, in the last six months of the administration. Uh, there, there, Bob. Bob had some some views um, 
and he's just not very good at political strategy, but he had some very strong views that we shouldn't rock the communist China boat because we cut that deal and he was afraid they'd get out of it. And, um, you know, there were like headwinds. I mean, I remember going in the situation room uh, with um, the um, DHS guy um, and and we had executive orders to crack down on uh, significant concentration camps and human rights abuses in Xinjiang province um, in China. And the, me and the DHS guys uh, were the only guys who wanted to do it and were willing to do it. And, you know, it was like Meadows against the Mnuchin's against the Cudlow's against it. And, and Lighthizer was not not supportive. So but I love Bob. You know, I, I recommend it in my book um, if he if. Trump gets back in there. Uh, Bob should certainly continue to be the USTR, maybe the Secretary of Commerce. Uh, he's he was, uh, I thought, important to the president uh, in the, the architecture of the tariffs and yes, uh, no and instrumental in, in, no in all of that. Uh, as were you, and I want to continue with you on a, a number of issues, and that is the future of the country and exactly why. We should be very concerned right now about this economy, uh, its direction, and the result that is likely to conclude the Biden presidency. We'll take that up here next with Peter Navarro. We'll be right back. Stay with us. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep. The application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs. Just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. We're back with Peter Navarro. And Peter, I want to turn to this economy right now. Yeah. Uh, I We we have a debt ceiling uh, debate contest bargaining session, whatever you want to call it. McCarthy, the Speaker of the House, and Biden, uh, the erstwhile puppet president, those talks don't seem to be going anywhere. Your thoughts? Yeah, and and forgive me here. I just for thirty seconds. I just want to let people know that the Biden regime and the Department of Injustice and FBI have already put me in leg irons. They're trying to put me in prison, and I've got this Substack, Peter Navarro. Substack.com, Peter Navarro. Substack.com. And it's really good stuff on there. But if you support that, you're also helping me with my legal defense funds. I just want to put that out there. Now, let me let me get to the economy. So what we're facing, Lou, and I don't know if your listeners know, but this this is my 
wheelhouse. I'm a macroeconomist and a forecaster. I did this for years, did an investment newsletter. And what we are in right now is, is what's called stagflation, which is slow growth or recession plus inflation. And you usually don't get those two types of conditions. And there's a lot of reasons for that, but they are really at the heart of this battle over the debt ceiling. The two things where we have to really hold the Democrats accountable for are this. First of all, the level of spending that Joe Biden, Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi were able to, to just push through uh, and, and up the derriers of the Republicans are massive, unprecedented levels of expenditures that create what's called demand pull inflation. That's too much money chasing too few goods. And so a big part of what the Republicans need to do, and they need to hold fast on this, is to roll back some of that spending and, 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 and get that cut. Otherwise, we're going to continue to experience the demand pull inflation. And, and the spin here, which is straight whiskey, is as the Democrats are saying, it's going to be a catastrophe if, if we don't negotiate with them. Uh, it's going to be a bigger catastrophe if we don't get control of our spending. But the other part, Lou, is something that was a thing of beauty with Donald Trump which was the strategic energy dominance of Trump letting the frackers, the oil and gas drillers um, basically make us the largest oil producer in the world and a net exporter. We were able to keep oil and gasoline and natural gas prices low, and that controlled what's called cost push inflation. The energy price shocks of the 70s and the energy price shocks of today have that in common. And so part of the other part of the negotiation is getting some relaxation of the severe constraints that the greenery portion of the Democrat Party, which is to say all of it, um, has put on our energy dominant sector. So those are the two marks that have to be hit. That's what I'll be watching for. And if we don't succeed in that, we will continue to have significant demand pull and cost push inflation. And here's the punchline, Lou. The Federal Reserve can't solve that problem, okay? Econ 101, you can only use interest rate policy to solve one of those problems. If you want to solve recession, you lower interest rates. You want to solve inflation, you raise them. But if you got them both at the same time, Fed policy doesn't work. The only thing that works is, is having cutbacks in those expenditures at the congressional level, as well as a resumption of strategic energy dominance to keep oil prices and energy prices in check, which, by the way, help keep food prices in check because fertilizer is petroleum based. Well, it's, all of that is instructive. Uh, let me go to the, the point you just made about the Federal Reserve. And that is when you have a Federal Reserve with eight and a half trillion dollars on its balance sheet, and now you have a Federal Reserve that is insistent in the face of a slowing economy, uh, insisting on raising rates. We're now at five percent, which puts rates at six to seven in the in the in the enterprise market. 
why in the world would the Fed not avail itself of uh, you know, selling off some of those assets rather than taking people out of work and, and raising interest rates? Well, see, that's the conundrum, Lou. And it's a, it's a problem faced when you have stagflation. I mean, you're a student of history. You remember uh, Gerald Ford and Jimmy Carter faced the same same roller coaster. You know, when inflation got bad, the Fed tried to raise rates. Then the recession would kick in even more. And then the, they'd be exhorting the Fed to loosen up. And the point is that it doesn't work. You know, if I were Fed chairman, what I would be screaming from the rooftop is say, hey, I can't solve the problem of fiscal irresponsibility and bad energy policy with interest rates. Oh, and, you're never, you're never going to get the job, Peter. Well, no, exactly. exactly. Oh, <laughs> Probably for that reason, oh. right? Probably for that reason. And by the way, not a job I'm looking for, to be crystal clear. But my point is that... If you if it would be refreshing if there were somebody at the Federal Reserve who wouldn't acknowledge the fact that the Fed can't solve the current problem because it's a hydra headed monster of stagflation. Just well, as you know, as you know, can't Jerome, be done. Jerome Powell is not that man. And he is a guy who still hasn't learned his lesson and he's had two rounds with it. He thinks that the Federal Reserve can lead markets rather than follow them, which assures just ruination uh, as a result. I want to turn to, to the future here. Uh, this country, with all of the problems uh, with the contest for the presidency coming up in 2024, we have a corrupt, as you know better than anyone, corrupt FBI, a corrupt Department of Justice, a corrupt uh, number of intelligence agencies all working for the same people they have since late uh, in the later years of the Obama administration. They're, they're entrenched. Uh, they are pervasive. They are all powerful right now, the deep state and the Marxist Dems. What chance does the Republican Party have uh, without a real fighter in the game? And where is he going to find the warriors uh, from MAGA to make sure that we don't see a repeat of some of the personnel mistakes that you've just cited uh, in yeah. 2025? Well, yeah, I go go deep into that in the Taking Back Trump's America book. There's a chapter where I fill out um, the cabinet as well as a lot of top spots in the White House. I mean, you start with um, putting Johnny McEntee uh, back as the director of personnel. He was there at the end. I, I met Johnny on the campaign in 2016. He was one of the president's original body men. And there's there's a guy, that guy combines supreme intelligence with loyalty in a way which would ensure that nobody would get hired that didn't pass the, the Trump test, which is a combination of loyalty and intelligence. And, you know, when I say loyalty, Lou, there were lots of times I told the president things he did not want to hear. And he I think that's one of the reasons why I was able to stick around the whole time. He didn't want yes men. Um, so that, that that's loyalty means loyal. What means to me is loyal to the agenda, loyal to what the president is trying to accomplish. You know, there's 
There's some people who serve with distinction. I mean, I'm D- David Bernhardt. Uh, I'm going to be interviewing him tomorrow as a host for another show. Uh, Department of Interior. I remember like calling him up one day and say, hey, what's the deal with all these Chinese drones you guys are buying and putting up uh, over our lands? You know, they can spy on us. He had them down the next day. You know, that's that's my kind of guy. Um, I yeah. think that um, uh, you know, certainly put getting Miller. Well, uh, I don't want to. We, we don't. We're running out of time yeah, here, Peter. Sorry. I, 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 I just like you get a sense of what do you think the president should do differently to assure that he has support across broadly the Republican Party and has the leaders of the Democratic Party across every spectrum defending him now against the the excesses and the attacks on him, continued attacks over eight years now, to make certain uh, that he has a, a defense from the leadership of his own party? Look, he just has to simply point, keep talking about what he stands for. That's dead center of, of middle America, which is a, which is a middle a center right country. People know that he is, is the guy who will represent their interests in Washington. And then he just has to keep pointing out um, who is running against him. You know, Tim Scott, I, I, look, he's running for vice president. Let's be clear about that. Okay, he's 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 harmless. He's not going to hurt the boss. But a guy like DeSantis or or Nikki Haley, who's up to their ears in kind of the dark Coke network, globalist kind of Wall Street, Silicon Valley, corporate money. I mean, those people are dangerous and they just need to be outed. And, you know, it's like part of my job. I'm, I'm not working for him now, but part of my job as a patriot and mission of this country is to is to point this stuff out, Lou, and I, I can't think of a better platform than the Lou Dobbs Show. PeterNavar.substack.com, brother. You got it. And we appreciate you being with us. Thanks so much. Peter Navarro, a great American. God bless you, Peter. Yes, sir. You're the man, Lou. Peter Navarro, former advisor to President Trump. Peter, a victim of the Marxist Dems and the corrupt deep state, as you've just heard, as the D.C. swamp is getting bigger, deeper, and more vicious as the corrupt bureaucrats and Marxist Dems spew their poison dressed up in political language and legalese and pretense. Our quotation of the day is from President Teddy Roosevelt, who warned more than a century ago about the weasels and their words. Here's what he had to say about the politicians of his day. Quote, One of our defects as a nation is a tendency to use what have been called weasel words. When a weasel sucks eggs, Teddy explained, the meat is sucked out of the egg. If you use a weasel word after another, there's nothing left of the other. Teddy said that in a speech in St. Louis, Missouri, 107 years ago. I heard politicians use so many weasel words in my career that I just started calling most of the Marxist Dems, who couldn't talk straight, I called them egg suckers, or sometimes worse, I admit. That's all for us today. Thanks for being with us. Follow me on Truth Social at Lou Dobbs. I'm not thrilled with Twitter right now and where Elon Musk is taking it, so let's keep it at Lou Dobbs on Truth Social. Our guest here tomorrow will be Chairman of the House Oversight Committee, James Comer, as the committee's investigation of President Biden's corruption intensifies. We hope you'll join us for that. Until then, thanks, everybody. God bless you, and God bless America.